Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it is hip to be square. On a very special episode, your hosts put a dent in their quest to 200 episodes. It's a special quarantine edition of Whatcha on our 130th episode of Normies Like Us. 130 episodes. The big 130. You ready to burn down the world, samurai? Bloodborne. Your breathtaking. <laughs> the peaky fucking blind. I need my drugs, so I'm good at chess. <laughs> <laughs> What's a Wonder Woman quote? I wish I was oh, you. <laughs> I wish I was in a better movie. You heard him up top, folks. We're back here on Normies Like Us, a very special episode. Every 10 we do these, we're doing a whatcha, where we talk what the normies are consuming. What's the pop culture of the week for us? Your hosts, um... Well, just call it. No, no fancy names on this one, boys. Guys, I, I, um, I only watch Fantastic Beasts. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm Mike's commander. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm ready no, for it. I'm not followed for that. It is just Joe here to talk about all of the things non-magical. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Baby New Year here. Jacob, once again, coming at you. 2021. <laughs> very strange. We're very happy to have you, Baby New Year. So, uh, real quick, just because you guys brought it up, it's a decongestion episode. We just did eight in a row. Harry Potter, mm-hmm. we were talking the magical, magical world. Um, how are you guys feeling, you know, wrapping that stuff up? I feel great. Wow. What a journey. <laughs> um, I, I think I think the fact that we're not rolling straight into Fantastic Beasts does say it all. But yeah. it, was, it was a fun little ride, but it is like... Thinking back on the eight weeks that it took, and then for this episode, just being like, "Wow, a lot of a lot of things that we're going to jump into have also been watched concurrently with Harry Potter. We just mm. haven't been able to mention them." So, it's just oh, like, I was wow, going to say, yeah, Mike has free time now now that he's not reading every book. <laughs> it would be a I've lot. Gotten more than you'll ever know. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, there's stuff I want to talk about. You know, we got the end of the Mandalorian uh, came out, you know, a while ago, and we haven't been able to talk about it and some yeah. other things. So it'd be nice to. Talk about those things. To be free. Yeah, I'm ready to break out of Azkaban, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. All right. Colin, you, yeah, you, you good? Well, good to- yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be wrapping it up. Uh, you know, we, we said last time it was a familial thing. A lot of people reached out to me who listened to those. I'm glad we did that. So the, the fans seem to enjoy it as well. But I'm happy, like you guys said, to just be able to talk what's niche, what's normie on our normie podcast. Let's do it. What are we watching, boys? All right. We're still in quarantine times. That means we are using that free time to stream, stream, stream. We'll talk first. What are we watching? Whatcha, whatcha, whatcha? Um... We'll go around. Uh, I'll, I'll throw it out to you guys. Jacob, you said it. There's some hot things you wanted to talk about while we were doing Harry Potter. You said Wonder Woman. Let's talk right. Wonder Woman for a minute. Yeah, well, that's kind of the downside of doing those long-form Harry Potter thing because I watched Wonder Woman on Christmas Day, right? came out on HBO. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, Certainly it's a Christmas, Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, like everyone, you know, I was at home alone basically on Christmas, so uh, put that on and... Uh, I was like, first of all, I did not like that movie very much. Uh, I thought it was a bad movie. Um, and then I texted you guys like immediately after I watched it. I was like, 
yo, get a load of this terrible movie. And then you guys, you know, watched it and maybe had a little different opinion. So um, I'm excited to talk about that because I was very surprised by your guys' reaction to it. Um, I thought it was really just like a really strange, bad movie for lots of reasons. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. I forgot about the the split and the controversy because I feel like yeah. I also didn't like it. Um, and again, this okay. is a big HBO mm. movie. It was supposed to come out in theaters. It was delayed. They finally released it at home. But uh, Colin and Joe, where are you guys on the the Wonder Woman eighty four? Um, you like it or dislike um, it? Yeah, I guess I'm on team. I don't know why Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four would be a controversy at all. <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it just fine. I think it is one of the better DCEU movies, and it was a brand new movie we got to watch at home on Christmas Day. Uh, I really, I'm all for what HBO Max is doing here. Like, the fact that I'm going to be able to see Kong, The Matrix, Suicide Squad, all of this stuff at home uh, really does it for me. And, you know, I liked watching Wonder Woman 1984 that way because... Even though it had its problems and it was way too long, I could pause and and have a snack halfway through, which is, you know, definitely needed. When How the movie all is, art is should be consumed. as long as it is. <laughs> well, Joe, you know, I, I I see where you're coming from on some of those things, but I have to disagree a little bit because I feel like, uh, you know, it might be bad for the industry. It might be, you know, a lot of these directors are not happy with what uh, HBO and Warner Brothers are doing, and um, I don't know, uh, you know. If the directors don't like it, maybe, you know, they have a point. And um, I know theaters is, like, not really an option right now, but I'm just worried that, um, you know, this is going to completely kill the whole theater-going experience forever because, you know, they're just going to have these movies that come out straight straight to streaming. And I don't know how I feel about it yet. Yeah, it's something interesting. Well, I definitely, I definitely want to get more into Wonder Woman, but I'll say right out of the gate, I don't care how directors feel about this. Because I would not have gone to see Wonder Woman opening day like I streamed it opening day. And if I paid to go see it in a theater instead of paying for it every month, I probably would have been a lot more mad about it. Right. Uh, but Same thing with Tenant. Tenant was awful. <laughs> I hated that movie. I would have been so mad if sure. I went to a theater and saw it. So wow. directors like, I don't know, make a better product and maybe I, uh, I'll be more on your side. But... I feel like everything that's happening in TV is so much better than what's happening in film right now that I just cannot sympathize with, you know, directors who want their bonuses. Yeah, and and I am fascinated too by kind of how TV is really caught up to films. You know, everything's kind of at that level, and like you said, sometimes even better because they can take time to do character arcs and tell more compelling stories. But I do want to hear right. Colin, and it is going to be good to talk about the, the industry, too. We've done this a little bit, but Wonder Woman 84 for Colin. Yeah. And how do you feel about this whole thing? Yeah, Mike, it's such an interesting question. I'm so excited to hear uh, the other two talk about it as well, you guys. Just because my thinking is, this is a pop culture podcast, right? For the next couple of weeks or maybe months, it's kind of going to become a Warner Brothers podcast because they're really the only people who will be putting out content that we can consume, unfortunately. Um, what will we do a Tom and Jerry episode? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, dude, a Legends episode on Tom and yeah, Jerry. Yeah, there we go. Um, I, you know, it's look, money on the table. That's the big problem everybody seems to have with it, in my opinion. 
the product was made. If we get, release it this way, we're not going to get the money that we could have gotten if it releases a different way. I don't know. Look, people have been saying theaters are going to die for a million years. This might finally be the time of it. Transition and change sucks. I totally get that. But I'm not worried about that. And, you know, as far as watching Wonder Woman, I'm team pro. I liked it. I thought it was cool. But again, I'm with Joe. Boo. I didn't love the first one that much. If I had gone to the theater to see this one, yeah, I'd be kind of bummed out about it. See, I have the opposite because I I liked the first one, first Wonder Woman movie a lot, except for I, I thought the third act was not as good, but I really liked the setup for it and I like mm-hmm. what they were doing. Then this movie I thought was just like bizarrely bad. Like I did not like it at all. I thought it was insanely bad and it's two and a half hours long and it yeah. it it feels like nothing happens in the whole movie. And at the same time, it's all these insane things are happening. Um, it's, (laughs) I'll definitely give you the, it's way too long, which is a problem I've had with like every Warner brothers movie for the last Mm. decade, who is also releasing a four hour long version of Zack Snyder's justice league. But other than the length, well, I will say really turned you off. It's not bad in the same way that, Zack Snyder movies are typically bad, so I'll give it that. <laughs> but, right, hold on, uh, I like that. No, no, no. Yeah, clear that up. What What does that mean? Dig Dig into that. Well, I just think, I mean, if you're comparing it to Justice League and Batman vs Superman and Suicide Squad and all these movies, then sure, like it might be better than those movies. But I still think, even as a superhero movie, it's well below average. I put it like in line with like the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie, like <laughs> on that level. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. It's not, it's, okay. You're making a whole two and a half hour blockbuster movie about where the central premise is a wishing stone (laughs) that grants wishes. It's a magic stone that grants wishes. Right. It's a Christmas film showing you that it's not about wanting things. It's about the company. No, it's not about that at all. Um, My (laughs) my issues with it, I'm on Jacob's side. I kind of didn't like it, but it really comes from the writing. And it's like, um, Uh. the way your villains are set up, I wish I was a rock. (laughs) Um, Chitara, or Cheetah, Chitara's from Thundercats, but Cheetah, like, I want to be an apex predator. And that means I want to be from Right, why does that make her a Cheetah? You don't see her transform either. She just shows up. Right, there's so right. much. There's no we, setup. They're just things. We should happen. say while we're dealing with wonky magic logic here. Jacob yeah. did die last episode. He, I did wish you back, Jacob, but you're not in your body. You're actually in our friend <laughs> yeah, Cole's <that's>, body. <laughs> yeah, this highlights the most baffling decision of all. Okay, bring bringing Chris Pine, Steve Trevor back. Okay, I agree with that. Like they, you know, if anything, I don't I agree think with that, that at all. You know, that's a terrible plot point. <laughs> well. No, they could have done it in a way that worked because I think Chris Pine was like probably the best part of this movie. But to bring him back and basically have some random guy, he takes over some random guy's body and then everyone looks at him and sees this other guy except for Diana, right? And she sees Chris Pine. But what's going on? Like there's so many implications of this. They They don't even touch on because... What's going on with this guy? Like, they have sex, right? I mean, it's implied that they <laughs> have sex. That's a moral gray area at yes. best. Yeah. Right. For our hero. And they never even bring it up. I will totally uh, side with you guys. There are some writing issues. You know I love to do some cleanups, right? I was thinking of this. You guys are saying that the the weird weakness of it is that Diana is, like, from her wish, losing her powers, which is the typical sequel heightening of... 
balancing out our super strong character. Spider-Man 2, he just has the mental block. He doesn't have his powers anymore, blah, 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 blah. Uh, just make the gambit that he is in a different body. Let her just deal with the weirdness of, oh, I can't kiss you or, oh, we can't have sex. This is so frustrating, even though the love of my life is back, opposed to the weird scenes of, oh, I'm getting weaker. Oh, no, I, you know, it's my powers right. aren't working, but I'm doing things you've never seen before, and I'm still flying around and all this goofy stuff. Yeah, I, I want to hear. Well, I, I just want to hear from Joe. We got to throw it over. I want to know what did you like about it? What are you, What are some of the positives of this that maybe we're not oh, seeing? Oh, sure. Um, the script is not great, and it's mm. 45 to 55 minutes too long. Mm. I totally agree. What did you guys expect, and where was the benchmark <laughs> for you? That's where my real confusion here lies, is I, the first one, I'm on Team Colin here, where the first one's not very good. I like this one more than, this, than the no, first one. No, uh, that's insane. I hate the, the third act of the first one. Agree. The Aries... Uh, script i mean like they both cg garbage at the end yeah Yeah. at Um, least the first one one, made sense though this makes sense and i'm baffled that you guys are confused by it. okay (laughs) my number one problem it's just stupid (laughs) let me okay so you can think it's stupid but to be like it doesn't make sense it also doesn't my biggest problem with this movie and i'm not usually like a stickler for like i understand it's a superhero movie it's not gonna be 100 percent logical yeah but what are the rules of this wish stone So Pedro Pascal wishes to become the stone and now he can just give out wishes. And so there's, there's the monkey's paw twist of it, right? But so when people make wishes, when he's touching them, he decides what the, the monkey's paw, like irony of it is. The monkey's paw existed before. No, I understand that, but why? I don't think you do because also people are like, it turns her into an apex predator. Well, that line was only there. So like, People could assume that that's when it happened. The transformation started all the way back in the beginning of the movie when we when she yeah. makes a wish uh, and then see, the she's personality changes yeah. start, the Jamie Fox and then eventually she becomes. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I feel like it's not that complicated. It is no, it is. Holes it is. In, I'm going to poke holes I, because I it makes no sense. One just very interesting yeah. fact though that I think we do need to bring up. There is no the Dreamstone does not do this in DC Comics. There is no Wonder Woman arc about a wish stone about wishes. Maxwell Lord, the character, does not do that. This is a completely original story. So in that, I, right. I do there find validity a ton to of, it. Like magical. Sure, you know, I'm not debating especially that. Especially in the Wonder Woman mythos, it's yeah. so much about magic. I don't have a problem with magic. I have a problem with it if it if it. It's not following the rules that it sort of lays out, but it only vaguely ra- lays out the rules. The climax of the movie, right? So Pedro Pascal goes to meet with the president, and the president says, "I have this like technology we can broadcast to the whole world." And it's basically like you're he touching touch. the whole world. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, you said touching, huh?" He's like, "Well, that's more of a figure of speech." Oh, but then right. they just no, no, go no, with I it. You say touch. <laughs> I really wish oh, that my was God. literal yeah. and not a figure of speech. <laughs> you can't yeah, take that I, back. So the again, whole- I don't know, like. He- if he could make his powers work over a phone, why couldn't they work over a TV? Mm. Why do they work why over they, a phone? Well, my biggest. Why would they not? It's fucking magic. I'm mm. blown away. Right, but the away whole movie, the whole movie, seriously. you have to touch him. That's. It just doesn't make I, any sense. Yeah, I don't Can't even care about the, the magic. I'm just upset that you could broadcast a television signal into a computer monitor. That's the biggest <laughs> leap I am unwilling to make. <laughs> That's, yeah. That is Which the is true fair. power. 
Yeah, that's Again, the real I thing. I do not think that this is like God's gift to cinema. I'm not yeah. saying that at all. But I think it is better than almost all of the DCEU movies. I think it is on par with Shazam mm, and Aquaman, okay. which is equally as bad as this. Yes. That's pretty good. <laughs> right, but yeah. Aquaman is like goofy, but at least it was like, I enjoyed it. Like, this movie is goofy is too. Goofy. You just it's like it more. You Kelly just like insane, watching yeah. him. Yeah. I think you just like watching Jason Momoa more than yeah, you like probably. watching Gal Gadot. Probably. Because That's another Jason thing is, Momoa has more uh, charisma there, yes. which I'll give you. As a lead, you know, Gal Gadot, she looks the part and everything. I don't think she can act. Some people say like she's an okay actor. I don't think she can express emotions very well. I think <laughs> um, she's not a great actor. Fair enough. Well, I have a question then about um, we have Max Lord. I think Pedro Pascal does a good yes. job, just over the top, kind of Trumpian business guy. Yes, but he's, um, he's basically. Is Trump. there something weird about all the hype made about the original Wonder Woman? How the first quote female superhero movie. And then the protagonist in this, Cheetah, her main thing is like, I just want to be popular like Diana, and I want to be cute. Right. Like, is that, I don't know, is that good characterization or is that damaging? That's my question. The interesting thing is, like, her villain arc is basically one guy, like, catcalled her, like, made inappropriate comments, and that, like, and then she killed that guy later. And like that's her whole and villain arc. She's also like, jealous of Diana. Her arc is I'm jealous of Diana and got catcalled. That's a little right, shitty. She if wants you ask to me. be seen. It feels yeah. a little like 1990s, like you know, gender politics or like something. Mean it feels girls. very. Yeah, um, I don't know. It's just like to me that character was like the Jamie Fox Electro of this movie. Like mm. I didn't, I didn't like her at all. Um, Pedro Pascal you like how was Cheetah was, looked. Um, the CG God, no. I didn't think was great. <laughs> wow, really? But it, more just her character, like her character arc was just so like cliche to me. Like I've seen that character a lot of times before. To me, the whole plot of this movie felt more like it was like a 30 minute Saturday morning cartoon plot. Like it would fit in like a single episode of a, of like the X-Men or something. But to make a whole two and a half hour movie about this, I don't know. So you're saying the Wonder Woman movie was too much like a cartoon that <laughs> yeah. you would watch on Saturday morning right, starring but it's a character the, it's like, the I don't know, Wonder Woman? Let me, let me ask you another question. Why was this movie set in 1984? What, mm. what, did the setting, what did the time period bring to this movie? Why did they set it in this time period at all? I solely because they have other coals in the fire, I think. Like, really, you can't have it after Justice League. Right. But they, so. they didn't do anything interesting with the setting. It was like one of the worst 80s set, like, you know, 80s uh, nostalgia is like in right now, you know, obviously with Stranger Things and everything. This movie didn't do anything interesting or original with that, that 80s setting to me at all. Like, I don't know. It was just really bad. And the you entire like the theme mall. of this movie. Yeah. And then yeah, a, dr- the a dress-up montage, and that's about it. Right. Even, like, the <laughs> bank robber scene in the beginning was, like, really weirdly staged, I thought. I didn't like the action I of this. I love that weird scene. <laughs> I love that weird scene with all my heart. So there was a, uh, a interview where, you know, Pat- Patty Jenkins was talking about how uh, Warner Brothers wanted her to cut one of the two opening sequences. Because this movie... Again, way too long. We got American Ninja Warrior and the Heist. Yeah, it's got it's got two <laughs> opening Mike. sequences, right. and they they Warner Brothers was like pick one, and she was like, no, I'm not right. going to. Well, actually, they both the stay. the the 
uh, Amazon stuff was like the, my favorite part of the movie. Like the opening of the movie, I was like, okay, this is cool. And then it never comes <laughs> back up again. And I was like, what yeah. was the point of having Yeah, that? it's a parable. can't take shortcuts. Yeah, Colin. Yeah, yeah, Diana will learn lying like a, is a, a the worst. A child would know that lesson, though. Like, well. why does Diana, a full-grown woman... You know. Why? Why are you expecting? When I was a child, <laughs> why is the child competing against the grown women? The entire theme of this movie is that you can't wish for things because you just have to let them happen, and if you work hard yes. enough, you know, good things will happen to you. But we know that's not true. And then the end, the whole thing is every single person in the world needs to re recant their wish in order to fix this problem. So you're telling me that every single there's not a single person in the world who was like, "No, nah, I'm not going to." Like every- you're telling me, Wonder Woman was able to inspire the entire world. I will not believe yeah. it in the Wonder Woman movie. I will not believe <laughs> that hard work is important. I'm not uh-huh. buying the message of this movie because yeah. it's not. I don't, I don't no, know. Meritocracy is a lie, and yeah. uh, this movie <laughs> is trying to tell me it's, it's a Wonder Woman movie. I don't know what all that means, but my grandma used to say, "Wish in one hand and spit in the other, and see which one fills up quicker." Uh, oh wow! Right, but this movie makes it think <laughs> so. makes basically the point of this movie is to say like, oh, you shouldn't wish for good things. Like well, you no, should be punished if you wish for good things. The That's Amazon I lesson I, is there's dude, no shortcuts. You can't take yeah. shortcuts, right? And I'm, I can get down with that. Right. Yeah, I, I think the best. That's a lie, though. A lot, a lot of people take shortcuts, and it works out great for them in life. And you know, there's people in power that you know took shortcuts and did yeah, bad. But things they'll never they win work. the Olympics. <laughs> That's right, because they didn't shoot the target. They ran this, right past yeah. it. This whole movie, with, with Pedro Pascal being basically a Trumpian figure, it very, it very much feels like liberal mm. wish fulfillment of saying, oh, if Trump would only just confess every bad thing that he's done, like everything would be right in the world. To me, it's like, you know, it's it's a fantasy, and I, and I don't like it. You're saying this Wonder Woman movie is a fantasy? That's what I did like about it. Look, if you think if you think Maxwell Lord wouldn't win, you're living in a fucking fantasy. I don't know, Doc. I (laughs) I just disagree entirely because it's a it's it's a Wonder Woman movie. I love that it feels like a Richard Donner Superman movie. I love the color palette. My favorite scene is when uh, Diana invites Cheetah pre-Cheetah to lunch because Mm -hmm. that's what being a hero is, is being there for the people Uh. around you. I think Pedro Pascal gives an incredible performance. When he's talking to his son a handful of times, Like I I was really into it. So again, way too long. CGI was a little wonky. Uh, oh, the invisible jet! Come on, I love that. I I I don't get the hate. I really don't. I'm not saying it's a great in. movie, but I don't get the hate. <laughs> Insane. Um, hey, while we're talking Pedro, let's go ahead and talk another Pedro. Let's jump here. Let's go over to Mandalorian. Let's talk his other <laughs> yeah. little son, Joe. His little green son. We got little Grogu. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did. So think about this. Think about how this lines up. Every ten, we do these watch episodes. We did a Mando. We did eight Harry Potter episodes. Now we're back and Mando's over. All we had seen in that first one was the pilot. Um, the first I don't think we even met yeah. Frog Mom yet, had we? I think we did the first no, I don't two, think, no. but either that way. Was, that was the second yeah, one. We yeah, did, but, we did. Um, and now the... Jedis exist, guys. Multiple. We've got a baby Grogu. We've got a lost Jedi. We've got the return of a Jedi Master. How are we feeling? What did you think about the end of Mando? Yeah, well, it's interesting that, um, you know, so much happened from what, you know, we all made predictions what we thought was going to happen. And for me, anyways, I was very wrong about uh, a lot of the stuff I predicted. But 
Um, well, real I, quick, Jacob, I'll say on the first episode, you were like, that was Boba Fett. Now, in the last episode, would you say, that was know, Boba I, Fett? I, I didn't pick that up immediately. I'm a little slow, but uh, <laughs> I did end up liking Boba Fett a lot. When he wore, when he shined up his old armor and he was putting it on, he had like the, the dad body, but he was still wearing the armor. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, and it's the first time Boba Fett has ever done anything cool in Star Wars right, canon. Like, actually, besides the comic book. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, he finally earned his reputation, which is cool. It is funny that, like, yeah. the show that was like, this is, like, going to be like Boba Fett, but it's not Boba Fett. And then they end up having Boba Fett on that Here's show. Boba Fett. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, you want Boba Fett? We'll give you there Boba Fett. There he is. Fett. There he is. Yeah, I, I, Mando Season 2 is, is some of my favorite Star Wars. My new trilogy for Star Wars is Empire Strikes Back, uh, Mandalorian Season 2, and The Last Jedi. And they tell a great story about Luke, all contained in those three pieces of media from different eras. Oh, that's yeah. a cool way to look at it. I am just that sad nice. that we know Ben Solo probably killed Grogu when he left Luke's uh, school. No, no, they'll explain yeah. that. They'll explain Right, right, hey, they'll explain hey, it. He, he went to what? boarding hey, school, Grogu, yeah. Can you're you cool. come pick your Don't son up. to school tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you, Joe, there. I, uh... I saw some people, a lot of people saying like, oh, this is like the way Luke should have been in Last Jedi. But I don't think those two Lukes, I don't think they're, they can be the same character. Like they're two to very different ages, very different times of his life where his, you know, he's still an optimist at this point. So I don't think I mean, those have to be incongruent at all. No, I think that this makes The Last Jedi stronger because in The Last Jedi, he gives a speech about like, yeah, I was Luke Skywalker. I was a fucking legend. And in your head, like before Mando, you're like, yeah, I guess you were pretty cool, but I don't know. You're kind of selling yourself up. And then you see him in this, and right. it's like, oh no, he was like a one man. I mean, he fucking landed his X Wing and took out a whole troop of dark troopers. That's insane. It and was we just so saw cool. Mando basically getting his ass kicked by one, a single one, right? Which yeah. is great yeah. directing and setup and establishing yes. the threat of them so that Luke tearing him up really uh, lands and it has echoes of the Darth Vader scene in Rogue One so you know mm. oh yeah father and son you know it's good so, and bad yeah, it's, it's good that it's they made cool. him robots so that he could do that because well because Vader was killing people you know that's yeah. well. like poetry they rhyme <laughs> <laughs> I mean he still would have killed the people like oh, they yeah. still would have been stormtroopers he choked right. out that guard in Jabba's palace yeah. and returned the Jedi <laughs> I love how he like force crushes one of them too. I loved it, man. Like I, that was like one of my favorite pieces of Luke media. When we finished it at midnight, we immediately ran it back and watched it again. Oh man, that that force wow. crush of the dark trooper it gave me shades of the uh, Clone Wars animated when Mace Windu crushes Grievous. I'm like, finally yeah. someone Damn. did it. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. I thought the CG uh, looked pretty good for like what it was. And, like, compared to Rogue One, like, Leia and, like, Grand Moff Tarkin and Rogue One, I thought it looked better. And this was, like, a TV budget, not a movie budget. So I, I thought it was fine. Yeah, Colin, how about you, though? We've been blabbering along. What are your thoughts of the Mandalorian? Leia's the worst, um, I'd, I'd say, out of those, Jacob. Uh, I, I thought Luke was okay. It's interesting how his, his mouth... Head. Yeah, yeah. as long as he's not talking, they, they really have to gear away from that. Let's yeah. talk Pedro. Let's talk performance. Um Grace Randolph, rumor monger, was dropping all that stuff. Tension on the set of Mando 2. Pedro wants to walk. He's mm -hmm. He wants to show his face. You know, he wants to get that helmet off of the rest of them. You know, oh, guys, Mando might be canceled. You might not get any more season two. And to come about where we get 
two episodes where he's maskless, right? We get the Bill mm-hmm. Burr, fantastic. I mean, just Great absolutely. Episode, yeah. I texted you guys. I said, Bill Burr does better than Benicio Del Toro in, in his last Jedi speeches of being like a weirdo who's outside the morality of it all, you know? From a comedian, yeah, that's he incredible. Was, and he makes fun of Star Wars fans. Like, it's part of his yes. thing. Right. But like, for a guy who kind of doesn't love it that much, he does a great job. And I really respect Absolutely. him. Well, I listen to him talking yeah. about it. And he's like, yeah, I used to make fun of Star Wars. But, uh, you know, when they pitched, you know, The Mandalorian is like this, like, space western and stuff. He really got on board with it. But I thought that was, like, some of the best acting in that whole show was that one episode where he has that monologue with the... It is some of the best next to the next best, which is our sweet, sweet Pedro Pascal. When he takes that helmet off and he lets little Grogu's claw touch his face as he says goodbye, shows him that face that he wanted to see when they were drinking down soup together. I mean, he shuts his eyes, you know, he sort of just feels the tenderness, the love that his little space son is going away. They won't have little space adventures anymore. I mean, it just, it just fucking rips you to shreds. It was great, yeah. Yeah, it was it's it's heartbreaking. He gets to you know finally show his face to his little son, and we started to see shades of that with you know the other big character is Ahsoka Tano. You know, mm. I think she had my favorite episode, strong uh, Yojimbo vibes with the cinematography yes. of that. Yes. Um, and you know he's starting to realize that like wow, I cannot properly raise this kid because I just do not have the power that these Jedi do. Like I don't have the requisite knowledge to teach him right, and he's starting to kind of struggle with that. And then to see it pay off where you like got to give him to Luke, it's, it's, it's emotional. It was, it was really well done. Some of the best Star Wars stuff, like Joe said, that Disney has ever done, even though he likes The Last Jedi more than me, and that's okay. Yeah, and I thought it was such, it's just such a great casting decision to have Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian. I think he just totally owns that role. And I've, 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 I've loved him ever since he came on to Game of Thrones as you know, Oberyn Martell. He was like a standout on that show. And he's just been great in everything I've seen him in. So, good work, Pedro Pascal. Can I just mm-hmm. say one more thing about the moment? The balls that it takes, boys, to just say, well, you're not going to let your emotional Star Wars beat play out like Return of the Jedi, where a son takes his father's mask off and sees his face finally, and they say goodbye to each other. Obviously, repeating that would be stupid in a series where you just repeat stuff and make it more and more beautiful over and over. Oh, no, you're right. Yes, let's do the balletic thing and let's do it again. And it's incredible and it's well worth the payoff. And I do like that it's like, you know, people say, like, let's get outside of the Skywalker saga. Let's see some other characters. And that does, I think this show does a good job of that while also connecting it, obviously, with Luke showing up at the end. And it kind of grounds it in that world, but at the same time, we're seeing new characters. So I appreciate that part. It's of it it's just enough. It's not too much. It's not too little. I got the one scene with Grogu and R two D two hanging out. Hopefully, we won't <laughs> get more about of that R2, because I, I like it. That was more R two than we got in all three of the sequel films. It felt yeah. like at least <laughs> he had more lines. Uh, wow. Colin, I do love that. You get two scenes where sons are seeing their father humanized for the first time while saying goodbye. That's beautiful. And it's it's so perfect to what Joe just said to Mike, where it's like, do Star Wars. Do your own thing. But there is a way to do Star Wars. The Mithril episode, where it's a gang of ragtag rebels storming an Imperial base to bust something out and do something. That's A New Hope. That is their A New Hope episode. But guess what? 
you're watching it and you're like, it feels original. It feels one of a kind. There's ways to play with everything that's happening in fresh, insightful ways. And Jon Favreau fucking does that shit. And again, you don't want to give it to him. You don't want to give kudos to the guy who has a chef show on Netflix, you know, invents Marvel, invents what live action Disney cartoon things look like. I mean, you you want to say to him, you don't deserve to do this too, Zathura. But he 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 does well. And then Dave Filoni (laughs) as well. Like Dave Filoni has been kind of the keeper of, Star Wars lore with that you know. stupid hat, you know, but he, he does it, you know, <laughs> cowboy. Yeah, I'll tell yeah. you, man, that's why I'm like, I don't care that Patty Jenkins and Chris Nolan are mad that they're not getting their bonuses. I am way more invested in the Russo brothers making cherry and and uh, fucking what we have with Star Wars now and John Favreau and Martin Scorsese making 13 hour long movies on Netflix. I'll yeah. take all of that before I go to a theater to watch you know tenant and be bored well, speaking <laughs> yeah. of tenant i wanted to mention i haven't seen it yet because well colin brought over the dvd mm. the blu-ray and every time i look at it, i'm like oh should i watch tenant tonight and i just never have you know i just never have it in me to stick it in the, the player and push play so i have not watched it yet but um oh, man. before before we move on to anything else i have to finish my my trilogy of pedro pascal media mm. that i consume let's go anybody check out uh Narcos? we are heroes the, oh. the shark boy and lava oh. girl sequel and just the real quick connection i did not joe but the robert rodriguez of it all that is oh, fascinating yeah. no yeah so robert rodriguez made a sequel that nobody asked you for for uh shark boy and lava girl uh <laughs> called we are heroes where pedro pascal is like the leader of the justice league who is also nightwing very oh, fun cool. very silly definitely a kid's movie but uh i don't know throw it on in the background it's it's worth a watch i had no idea it was a shark boy and lava girl sequel if yeah, it had been, yeah. been billed as such i would have watched it <laughs> well shark boy spoiler alert has zero lines because uh, it's not uh it's not Taylor Taylor whatever his name is yeah oh, he's no, big he doesn't take twilight. the mask off he's got zero lines but it like but expands the lore of that universe and like has a bunch of the different superheroes that they work with and stuff it's very silly it's not a great movie but Pedro Pascal as essentially Nightwing with like katanas. I, w- I was here for. Damn, it. I'm just waiting nice. for the, the uh, Spy Kids reboot or you know, bring back Spy Kids. <laughs> yeah, I kept waiting for Machete to come out in this movie because he would have fit perfectly. Danny Trejo busting out. He could have been like Deathstroke or something. Well, he's so Machete as a character exists in the Grindhouse universe, his oh, own yeah. universe, and in Spy Kids. Spikes, he's yeah. Uncle Machete. But Lava Machete, Girl, that's right, is the yeah. girl from Spy Kids. Am I am I right or am I yeah? Right? Oh, is that oh true? I don't know. Hmm. I don't well, know. They, that's, it could that's be Earth Six One Six Lava Girl. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, right. But yeah, I had to give that a quick mention because on on Christmas Day, the week of Christmas, I watched three different things with Pedro Pascal, and he was such a delight in all of them. There's your bingo. Love him. Love Pedro Pascal. Uh, Let's get off him for a second, then. We'll keep going on superhero stuff that we all watch, just because Mike just said 616. Let's talk about the only Marvel content we have been able to enjoy in quarantine. We have not gotten anything new since the last time we talked Spider-Man 
on this podcast, Far From Home. But got a little thing called WandaVision, which uh, Mm -hmm. normies, as you're listening to this, you'll be as caught up as we are. So two episodes premiered. Did you guys check them both out? Affirmative. Um, Yeah, I did. I think I was the last one too. Like you guys were on it way earlier. I was like, I was a little like not super into it from the trailers and stuff. So I was like, "Eh, I'll watch it when I get around to it. And then I put on the two episodes and uh, I really enjoyed them. I thought they were a lot of fun. And if you're a fan of old sitcoms from different decades, like you're really going to enjoy this, I think. Yeah, you looked at your Tenant DVD and thought, eh, I guess I'll give WandaVision a try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, two 20-minute episodes or like a three-hour yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I grew up with my parents. They all watched, you know, um, Bewitched and I Dream of Jeannie and, you know, those old sitcoms too. So I do totally. like the vibe. I didn't think I was going to like this at all. But it, uh, by the end of the second episode, it kind of hooked me and I'm interested in seeing what's going on. Um, and Paul Bettany, Knight's Tale alumni, gets a lifetime pass. I oh love him, God, right? Like... And he's great in this. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Um, I'm here for it, man. I think um, I if you didn't make another MCU movie and just did these shows, I would be fine. Just off the faith of how good The Mandalorian is and the idea that you can really try different things. Uh, WandaVision is wildly unique, and I don't think we'll feel anything like Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Loki or what if. I love how it still has kind of that MCU DNA, though. You still get a bunch of really great little Easter eggs for the fans, like Glamour and Illusion. Those are characters that exist in the Scarlet Witch and Vision universe, so it's nice to see those Mm. names used. And, you know, Bova Milk being in the background and little things like that. Even like a Stark toaster or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, it's a Star Tech toaster, a Strucker watch. So Mm -hmm. I I really enjoyed it. My only concern is that I love the sitcom bit so much that I'm worried once it starts, I'm worried about the balance between the 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 bit of the show, the hook, and and balancing it with an overall story. Mm. Yeah, well, one reason I think it really works is they really nail the sitcom homages. Like they do a really good job with that, and I like how it's kind of. It looks like it's gonna like progress every decade. Like every episode's gonna be a new decade. So the first one was a '50s sitcom. The next one was a '60s sitcom. Now we're going into color. We're gonna see a '70s sitcom next week. It's time for the Brady Bunch, baby. A little bit of Pleasantville um, vibes. You start seeing color. I do feel like yes. the camera technique. I want less close-ups. It feels like it's not mm. quite that '50s. Like a lot of wide angles and looser. It, right. You know, it gets a little tight, but they, they do a good job. Yeah. Um, and what I really like about this show. So you know. It's Marvel. You know, Marvel can kind of be easy to, like, bag on sometimes. Like, they don't do, you know, whatever. But this is, like, super original idea for Marvel. And I think if we saw this as just, like, a separate IP, just totally original idea, like a Black Mirror-type miniseries or something, people Mm. would be, like, raving about it as, like, this super original idea. So the fact that it's Marvel, I think it's, like, um, you know, you you just got to love it. I think it's great. Colin, how about you? How do you feel about WandaVision? Well, Jacob's right. You know, the cookie cutter comment of it's Marvel, it's Marvel, all the products the same. Now I see some of the lash back on Rotten Tomatoes where people are like, well, I actually didn't like that. Well, where were the fights? (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to hear a bike. Nothing happened. Nothing happened in those. It was just kind of a weird sitcom and I don't like those. Uh, That's, you know. I, I think those first two episodes are going to be a lot more rewatchable once we find out what the mystery in right. the seventh one is, where we'll it's the go whole back and see the buzzwords. Right. Exactly. It's just a vibe like and tone right now, on. baby. 
I I was laughing my ass off the entire time. That's the main thing to me. Yeah, yeah you, I mean the jokes landed. Um, the gum, yeah, Jacob. Oh my oh, yeah. god, oh, Paul Bettany as a six three so skinny king acting drunk. He is so <laughs> fucking funny. Even when he's yeah. in the neighborhood wash meeting, this guy's a communist. And there's like, you're <laughs> <laughs> too much. Yeah. I love all the, like, the, yeah, the reference, it, like the, the ads that they have in the show and stuff. It's oh, just yeah. really great. Just the, and, beyond in jokes and stuff, but to what Mike just said, the, the uh, neighborhood watch party, the fact that a bunch of adults in a 50s setting say, Vision, Vision, hey, Vision. That's his name, Vision. Like you guys said, it is like there was a lost TV show called My Husband is an Android. You know, it's like we have literally have dug up this artifact that is perfect. Yeah, Yeah. and if this show just came out and it was like just just a totally original show with like these sitcoms where something weird is going on under the surface and you're not really sure what, like people would be dying for it. People would love it. Yeah, and it, it follows, like I said, the I Dream of Genie or Bewitched, where they'll have the boss over for dinner and some magical stuff is happening and they got to sweep it under the rug. And, you know, it's it's very right. reminiscent. You know what my sure. mom pointed out, though, Mike? Because we were kind of talking about it, my brother and I, on a Zoom, and she said, well, you know, that would never have been a sitcom, actually, because that it never happens to the husband. The husband is always the straight lace. The weird is always the woman, the bewitched, the I dream of genie. Yep. You know, she is the other force who's trying to pervert the marital status or whatever. So it's almost kind of an inversion of that classic trope too, and I kind of love it for that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. I mean, I- I'm interested to see if, like, as they go through the decades, like, they kind of show how gender roles kind of change in the relationship and stuff like that. Because even we had, like, the sexist 50 ads where it's like, oh, did she screw up your toast or something? I thought that was really clever. (laughs) Um, And also, I got to mention, you know, it has the great Catherine Hahn, who we love, you know, Uh, and uh, she's always great and everything. Yeah, the best. And my my last thing is, I personally don't care about Wanda or Vision whatsoever, but this show right. has really like endeared them to me as an audience, and I, I, good job, Marvel, because it's such there an awful concept, and yeah, now I care about these characters who were basically in the Avengers just sidelined to me in my mind, didn't couldn't give two shits, so yeah. Let's talk about that for a sec, because Joe, Avengers Age of Ultron, that is a movie you and I can sometimes defend, sometimes not. You know, it kind of... It's a give and take out of that whole list. But something you and I have always agreed on, the birth of Vision slash his entire character in that is the best. But like Mike said, we don't get a lot to do with these two characters. Now normies are like, oh, I love Wanda. She's the Scarlet Witch. Don't you know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Like I, um, Right before Wanda Vision, I rewatched... Uh, Infinity War and Endgame back to back. So I did them in one sitting, which I hadn't done yet. And, you know, you forget, like, Vision's in, like, a little bit of Infinity War, obviously not in Endgame. Mm-hmm. He's really not that featured at all. So to have him in this show, you're really getting a chance to explore the character more. And I'm loving it. Considering he has one of the stones in his head, you think it would be a bigger part of that whole story. But, um,. I feel like I'm still, you know, I'll see how it turns out, but like the characters, they don't feel really like the same characters. Like even Wanda, she has like a Sokovian accent in the movie, right? Like she has an Eastern yeah. European kind of accent. Whereas you know, they drop that like halfway through. Yeah. Like she, she has that in Age of Ultron and then 
by Civil like War. Through Civil yeah. War, it's gone. It's gone. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to see where it goes. Yeah, that's what Any I was predictions. I mean, she's obviously in some kind of dream world or something that someone's keeping her in, or she's it's some kind of her own creation. But obviously, I think Vision is dead, and she's kind of coping with that. Um, I think that's probably part of it. I think right? it's Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio. And there's a big crossover <laughs> yeah, event so happening. <laughs> I find it interesting that uh, um, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen are known for sitcoms, and now the other Olsen is on a sitcom. Right, <laughs> you can't escape yeah, your yeah. destiny. I can't wait to see what they do when it comes to the Full House era, because obviously oh, yeah. that's one of the shows that you have. What to if they guessed, on. Joe? What if the twins are on it and they give a, uh, a yo, insane. dude, or, or whatever that catchphrase <laughs> was? Yeah, they're like, they're like, you know, mid thirties years old now. But <laughs> yeah, it is crazy how they were, you know, they were such a big part of like pop culture in the nineties and stuff, and now their younger sister is like way bigger a star in terms of box office draw now, just because of the Marvel and everything. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know where it's going. Um, obviously, Sword is now introduced. I love that they're yeah. on the table as sort of the uh, the sister company to Shield, who defends us against aliens and and maybe mutants and things like that. So I'm excited to see that. I have seen some some fan theories that uh, Dottie, who is Anya on Buffy, is uh, a character that will be a surprise. Oh. So we'll see if that ends up panning out. A lot of people are saying maybe she's Clea or, or something oh. like that. Yeah, it seems like she's kind of like maybe in control of the universe or something because they're always saying like, you know, if you please her, like Shit. everything will go oh, right. Yeah, For yeah, the yeah. children. Yeah. Right, right. True, yeah. true. So I'm, I'm very curious to see where it goes, but I think to make any predictions would be kind of foolish based on how wide open it is. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, yeah, it, it, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, I hope we see Wiccan and Speed, but I don't. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm definitely intrigued. Obviously, with the trailers, we see that there's something crazier going on. So I am going to miss the old sitcoms. But I think if they continue to do other formats, as good, it's going to be great. And the only thing that my conspiracy theories hinge around is the phonetics of WandaVision and One Division. I don't know what it could mean, but put your <laughs> thinking caps on, normies, and you tell me what I, what it means. So this show runs through March 5th. Then it'll end, and then we get like a one or two week break, and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier comes, and then we get a one or two week break, and we have another Marvel show. So Mm -hmm. there's only like four to five weeks of the entire year where there's not going to be a fresh piece of Marvel content to enjoy. And we'll be talking about Warner Brothers during those weeks. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One thing I wanted to mention, I thought that was interesting, was the person. So like the person who created this um, was a writer, was one of the writers of the black widow movie. And from that got like noticed and um, was able to create this, but we haven't even seen the black widow movie yet. So that's kind of interesting because I think they did that first, but um, that hasn't come out yet. And so we don't know what that's like. Hasn't come out yet. Jacob, we did an episode, I think before Christmas last year, talking about how we thought it would be delayed and stuff and how maybe we would see it on Disney+. Plus. Any predictions? Will, will we get Black Widow anytime here soon? Joe, will they eventually, if they see the success of this, maybe just chop it up into a show or something? Four I don't think they would cut. chop it up. Four hour I don't, cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think they would chop it up at all. But I mean, I, I hope we do see it on Disney Plus sooner rather than later. Or maybe they just change the cadence a little bit because I'll tell you, like 
even if I got vaccinated tomorrow, I'm probably not going to a movie theater in Los Angeles in 2021. No, no. Gotta wait so 10 days. any opportunity to uh, to have some stuff hit the streaming services, I'm going to be all for, which is, you know, why fucking Wonder Woman 1984 gets a huge pass for me because I could watch it in my house. And same thing with Kong and Doesn't all make that it good, good stuff coming. Yeah, well, we didn't have to pay for it like we did Mulan. And with the money I would spend on tickets and popcorn and snacks and parking... I could just buy a 4K TV if you add that up over a year, right? And then I'm set to watch anything in my home, and I'm totally down with Joe on that. Like, I'm no rush to get out, and I do give credit to Warner Brothers and Wonder Woman for at least releasing that. So, come on, give us Black Widow. For sure, for sure. And, you know, I, I see what you're saying there, but at the same time, I want my two and a half hours back that I put into this movie. I feel like even if it's free, <laughs> um, I'm owed some kind of reimbursement for my time. Um Fair enough. But, <laughs> <laughs> Your time made that valuable, son. Yeah. Like, you got to wish for it. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I wish that movie was good. I wish. All right. Um, yeah. WandaVision. Well, good stuff. If uh, Joe had a, a bingo of Pedro Pascal's, I had a bingo of Killian Murphy because we watched all of Peaky Blinders and wow. then you watched Peaky Blinders. Yeah, and then we immediately watched Blinders. like every Killian Murphy movie. We watched Sunshine, Batman Begins, Twenty Eight Days Hell Later. Yeah. Love <laughs> Killian Murphy. Dick. It was great. <laughs> hey, Killian great. Murphy's great. Um, you know they're they got their little razor blades. They're slashing people. Um, Peaky yeah. Blinders, love it. Um, you know I got on that show. You know years ago and then i tried to get my friends into it no one really got into it but uh not happening you know, love, love yeah, so we did we binged it and it was great so if you haven't seen it normies check it out also sunshine sunshine great crazy movie. movie yeah, yeah. well I mike think about this another yeah. movie that got delayed a quiet place 2 starring cillian murphy that's right yeah, been yeah, able to so see that for a year oh really <laughs> that's right it did um, get delayed yeah and uh tom hardy in Peaky Blinders, right? Oh, Sam Neill. Hardy is great in that show. If you <laughs> haven't great. seen He's it, he's doing like an insane accent, like normally, but yeah, shocker. <laughs> oh, he's just Venom look, in that. <laughs> basically, no. You go, look at his scenes on YouTube. Just anything he's, he's doing, you could just watch him for like six hours. I don't I care what him. he's talking about. He's yeah. be t- talking about the weather. I'm like, dude, you're great. He's great. And then obviously, uh, what I thought was funny, uh, as I was looking on the Netflix website, the thumbnail image that they use to promote Peaky Blinders right now is just a picture of Anya Taylor-Joy, who, you know, from The Queen's Gambit, who's in, like, one season of that show. And she's not but even in really, that much of that season. Right. Yeah. But they're really, like, promoting it because of The Queen's Gambit. I just think it's funny how that works. Of course. Right. Which, did we get to talk about The Queen's Gambit on a previous watch or not? Because I see that listed, no, and I did enjoy we that were, as well. We were kind of pushing through our Harry Potter stuff, uh, Mike, because of, obviously, Harry Beltnick, uh, Dudley Dursley being in his role. Mm. And, you know, we've been saying we want to talk about it so much. Jacob, do you want to throw your theory out about uh, Queen's Gambit and how it might relate to to anime that we all kind oh, of found yeah. pretty fascinating? Well, I just think, um, I mean, other people, I've seen this on the internet as well after I had the thoughts, so um, I, I'm not the only one who thinks this, but I feel like the Queen's Gambit really strike it's a striking uh, resemblance to a shonen an- anime. Uh, obviously, it's, it's a female main character. You know, shonen is generally, you know, like a young male young character. Male. It's like a shoujo, shall we? Yeah, shoujo. Um JoJo. But I think it had all the kind of tenets of it. It's a it's a it's a tournament uh, anime kind of where she's going from you know boss to boss, 
you know, consecutively harder <laughs> bosses, beating them at chess. And she also develops like a harem of lovers and uh, <laughs> of friends boys, and stuff. Yeah. 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 So it gives us the ability just... to say who's the best boy. You know, you can ship people in it. It's great. Right. The bad boy um, of chess, clearly. Is the waifu husbandu. Do you say that? <laughs> yeah. Yes. You could yeah. say that. So I thought it was a really interesting structure. And I did some reading about the source material as well. That was a, it was a novel in the sixties that was written by the same person who wrote the hustler, uh, and uh. color of money, which were made into movies. Obviously color of money was, uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. That's a sequel to the hustler. Um, it's also where so you, doom got its name, but that's a story for another time. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, that was about pool. This is about chess. So like this guy was really into writing about weird, like sports, niche stuff. sports. Uh, Heath yeah. Ledger was going to direct that. Before he died, oh, he, this is going to be his kidding. first project. He loved the book. Yeah, another Knight's Tale tie-in on this episode. That's two. Wow. Right, we just got to get Wash from Firefly, and we're set. <laughs> That's amazing, and, which I'm um, going to do, by the way. A teaser. Yeah. Oh, I know what you're talking about there. But um, yeah, Queen's Gambit for a long time was in production hell with different stuff like Heath Ledger, like you said, and mm-hmm. for a long time it was almost thought to be unfilmable. And it turns out, you know, if you can't make it into a movie, let's make it into like a nine-part miniseries instead, and I think it worked out really well. So, uh, Colin, thoughts? Mike, thoughts? Anybody? Oh, I'm just saying, yeah, I also saw people tying it into anime. Someone was like, oh, I love Anya Taylor-Joy, and they just showed a photo of Alita Battle Angel, and they were like, oh, wait, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> she has oh, really big nice. eyes. That <laughs> is so good. I will say the memes have maybe been the best part of Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. I have seen so many that are pictures of Harry Beltnick like next to her in bed where he's like, this girl just fucked me and now she's learning the, you know, the Queen's Gambit move. <laughs> yes. Right. And the best ones are just her sitting at a table with different games like Hungry Hungry Hippo yes, or, yes. you know, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh cards, all that stuff. Yeah. I kind of expect Based on the popularity of this, I kind of expect the sports tournament structure to be kind of a popular trend going forward. Like, there's yes. going to be a lot of uh, copycat shows like this, so we'll see how it goes. But well, I think if they really- if they were smart, it is a burgeoning genre in Japan. You have things like Slam Dunk is a is a high school basketball manga and anime that's very popular. There's it's a swimming tennis ones. one. Pretty much, um, Ice Shield Twenty. It's like Twenty One. It's a football <laughs> anime. It's like anything's. You just buy that property and make it, you know? Yeah, 100%. It's a solid format. Yeah. And if you like chess, I think uh, this is the show for you. So, yeah, Anya Taylor Joy, yeah, did anybody see the New Mutants? Another delayed thing. I have not Ooh, seen this yet. It's I did finally see that. available. Uh, I dropped off a couple movies over to Jake. Yeah, I dropped off New Mutants that, uh, as well. They just not, turned you off. <laughs> I keep joking to uh, Cole. That you know we're gonna have a double feature one of these nights of Tenet and New Mutants, which sounds like maybe the worst double feature of all time. So we'll <laughs> see how that goes. Bad. I'll I'll say this: I liked New Mutants better than Tenet, and they're both bad. <laughs> all right, and Wonder Ringing Woman is better than both of them, right? I I would say shocking. Wonder Woman's better than Tenet. I'll, yeah. I'll say that. Wow. But they both have the same problem. I mean, they can both Too be long. bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I could I could talk about Wonder Woman for another forty five minutes. Uh, I got many oh, more sure. problems with it. Right, right. Um, any other trending stuff? Netflix has been kicking out a lot of the trending. I did watch uh, Bridgerton, which isn't normally wow, my. Did genre. you really, Mike? Yeah, we watched all of it. Uh, um, my partner was into it, and 
It's 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 all right. I mean, it's it's just got some dumb relationship stuff where nobody communicates properly. But I do like the setting where, for you know, at some point, one of the kings marries a black woman, so it's just kind of normal to have royal families of color, and they're wearing the powdered wigs, and it's like never mentioned really. It's just like this is society, and it's cool, and it's just nice to see something different in that snuffy high society kind of vibe. Well, let me ask you this, because we were just talking about how scoop up animes, you know, you could be adapting those to Netflix shows or whatever. Mike, you're a K-drama guy, you know, somebody who will watch that sort of genre. Is it kind Mm -hmm. of like that Bridgerton in a, you know, Puritan sort of puritanical setting? It kind of is, because a lot of dramas always deal with the... um, Will they, won't they, obviously, but then there's always interference by the family, or are you not good enough, or maybe I'm not good enough, I have a dark secret, and it's, you know, uh. there's a lot of that <laughs> happening here, and it's it's cheesy, but, uh, you know, it, it's good, and it's a different take on kind of that Victorian era, you know, Pride and Prejudice right. story, and it, it's it's worth, it's probably better than Tenant, I guess. <laughs> and this, <laughs> and this was uh, created by Shonda Rhimes, uh, so if mm-hmm. you've seen any of her other shows, you might know what to expect but for me uh i you know with period pieces i like to see some action mixed in with the relationship because i just you know have short attention spans there's a duel at some point well then watch uh outlander has good action but the main actor i can't remember his name right now or a knight's tale thank you joe or a knight's tale (laughs) uh with wooden toggles um Um, the main guy everyone wants him to be james bond now i think he would be a good replacement for you know like a black panther character because he's got a lot of charisma it had to be like a younger person if i don't know but I like the actor a lot, and I want to see him do more stuff. Nice. Um, the big show that I've been into rate lately and been obsessed with is The Expanse, uh, which I wow. love. And I, I saw the first season a while ago back, but I never – I kind of fell off, and I never caught up. So now I've been watching from the second season on, and it's so great. I love it. It's like the best sci-fi since Battlestar Galactica. I think the best original sci-fi property. Now, I don't know anything about it. I'm going to go ahead and assume, Joe, you also don't know anything about The Expanse on Amazon? I do not know. Okay. Joe, what if I told you that our favorite Punisher, Thomas Jane, was a lead character on that show? (laughs) Jacob, explain what he looks like and what his haircut looks like. (laughs) Well, he's got a, you know, he's got a similar haircut to me. He's got the old... uh, He's got a floppy boy. Floppy boy, oh, <laughs> the, it's the classic floppy boy, huh? It's it's the it's the, the white you know, Mahomes, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Right, the it's the futuristic Mahomes. sci-fi haircut, you know, to make him look cool. But um, he's a space the main Judy inside. He also wears a space Punisher most of the time. Yeah, where's a fedora? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like a private. He's like a detective, so he's like wearing a okay. detective hat. But it's Blade it's, Runner it's, vibes here for yeah, sure. It's kind of it's, a space detective. It's, it's got a it's grungy. got a neo noir vibe. But um, if I can pitch it to you real quick, basically, yeah, is it robots? This is based on a novel series which was written by two people uh, with a pen name of of something S A Corey or something. But it's it's a pen name for two people, and these these people were the proteges of George R. R. Martin, and they were like assistants for George R. R. Martin when he was writing when he's you know, in the process of writing Game of Thrones. So this is almost like the sci-fi Game of Thrones because the universe... Is the book series done? Uh, no, but they're coming out regularly. So it's different than Game okay. of Thrones. Uh, but um, this show is probably going to... It's going to end next season. And I don't think they're... You know, it's it's going to have a different ending than the, the books. But the, the world is so uh, 
well developed and just like expansive the expanse um <laughs> it's it's great and it really feels like a, a sci-fi game of thrones where there's so much going on there's so many different factions fighting for political control and oh, yeah. um there's some great characters and stuff and so if you're really mi- missing that um you know original sci-fi itch of like Battlestar Galactica, Firefly, those kind of shows this really hits that hit you know scratches that itch for me I think yeah, I've seen a couple of seasons of it, and it does have kind of a hard sci-fi bend, too. Like, it's a little bit more realistic, quote-unquote. There's an Earth faction, a Mars faction, and then the Belt faction, which essentially are like deep space miners, right? And so there's right. all this kind of political intrigue going on, and, and the thing um, it's with cool. The, yeah, with the kind Belters, they're like the the refugees of Earth, and they grew, if you grew up in the low-G environment of the Belt, then your like, bones are too weak to survive on earth so you can never go back to earth and then the mars is like a super militaristic faction that wants to blow up the earth because they're trying to create a new planet of mars um a lot of different motivations going on it's very complicated plot so you really have to like pay attention if you don't want to be completely lost (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) because there's this whole noir mystery in the first season with uh Thomas Jane as the detective trying to figure out what's going on, piecing things together. And, um, but I like it. It's really fun. Yeah. I, I think I got to catch up on the expanse as well, but I did like what I saw on Thomas Jane with his haircut is excellent. In this, uh, you, you had me a fedora. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a story reason why he wears the fedora too. Don't worry. Oh, uh, now oh, I'm I need it explained. <laughs> Anybody else That's... see anything uh, interesting they want to shout out on the sweatshirt? I watched uh, Batman Beyond in its entirety twice already since January first. Um, shout out your video, Joe. Oh yeah, I, I made a I made a goofy little video about how Batman Beyond is the greatest hero of all time because it's basically <laughs> what if Batman was Spider Man. So if you want to watch me talk about that for ten minutes, uh, maybe Michael put it in the link. Yeah, uh, yeah, ten bucks. So uh, <laughs> gotta get some cash um, on January first. DC had a bunch of stuff added to HBO Max as well. So you can now watch Batman the Animated Series, um, Batman Beyond, obviously, and a ton of the movies from that universe as well. Jacob, um, we would go to WonderCon every year, and we would see some of these movies at uh, the Amphitheater there. Oh, yeah. All of those are on uh, HBO Max now and Son in of Batman. order. Yeah, Dam- yeah, so the- I was tearing through some of those. Teen Titans and all that with Damian Wayne. Um, it's, it's pretty good stuff, and uh, the animation's really good, too, I think. There's like they even have some older job. ones. Uh, yeah, they even have some of the older ones that are really great, like um, Batman Superman Public Enemies, which has a Jon Stewart cameo, uh, Under the Red Hood with um, Dean Winchester from Supernatural, and uh, a bunch oh, yeah. of other great ones. Darwin Cook's Sammy. take on uh, Brave New Frontier, so... Those are all really fun. Awesome. Nice, nice, nice. Any other shout-outs on the old screen skis? Colin, I'll throw one got? last thing. New TV uh, airing on CW. Joe, I watched Batwoman. I've never watched Batwoman before. I watched the season two premiere because I wanted to see the new character that they developed with Ruby Rose leaving. Um, can I explain to you the plot of Batwoman, Joe? Yes, please. <laughs> Thomas Elliot. Tommy Elliott, a.k.a. Hush, is impersonating Bruce Wayne, who, and this is actually pretty clever, because what would you do if you had an entire season planned out of 
our lead character is obviously the most important character, and then your lead character doesn't want to be the lead character anymore. They've gone with everyone is trying to get Batwoman's suit because in that universe, it's just Batman's suit that they have, you know, like modified for Kate Kane. So he wants the suit. Everybody's after the suit. And there you go. That it, it makes your lead character have some, you know, purpose while being new. And I think that's very innovative writing and storytelling. But get this. They're also trying to track down the weakness to Batman's suit. The only known thing on the planet that can penetrate it. Joe, what is Batman's weakness, of course? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. This it's make it's making you so nervous to even say that, right? Because it makes so little sense. Well, we well, obviously have to get a piece of kryptonite, the only thing that is, you know, it can destroy Batman. And you go, whoa, hold on, what? No. What? You're making that <laughs> Isn't that up, so really? crazy? Kryptonite is the only thing that can pierce the bat suit, which is the most powerful suit of armor ever created in the history of the planet. We have to get our hands on it. Oh, okay. Why, why would that be the case? I don't know. Isn't that fascinating? When they said that out loud, I was like, you could have said anything other than kryptonite, and I would have believed it. <laughs> like, the idea that vibranium. you took the one person who fights Batman and gave him his weakness, it is insane. Well, and also, like, nuts. there's so many moments in the comics where Batman is using kryptonite for, for defense against the Man of Steel. Why would you? I, I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. And so the suit... uh, That's crazy. Does the suit, like, power people up when they use it? Like, it gives them abilities and stuff? The only thing we've seen the new lady do so far is, like, shoot a batarang out of the suit. Like, not out of a gun. Like, out of, like, a hand holster or whatever. And, like, you know, rip somebody apart. So it's almost like a Batman Beyond, like, super deadly suit. Yeah. Okay, okay. I was was wondering if... You, yeah. you don't like a Jackie Chan's The Tuxedo <laughs> Mike, the Mike, the period of movies that you are stuck on. <laughs> I never got past it. My Netflix is broke. <laughs> I'm so, going to get to The Night's Tale, I swear to God. Yeah, segment. we will. I, I thought you would find that fascinating, Joe. I'm not going to keep yeah, watching. Out of all those CW shows, that's not for us. I'm waiting for The Flash to come back. I'm going to watch Riverdale because that's the closest thing I have to just like like soul masturbation of just like of like just giving up while I do something is watching that show. So I, I just can't wait. Well, Colin, I would say, uh, you know, maybe check out The Expanse on Amazon Prime. If you I will not be doing that. <laughs> I hate to bum you out, but according to my internet browser, Flash will no longer be supported as of December 2020. So, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> out of luck. Oh man! Well, maybe we should pick up the sticks and talk some of what we're playing, and even grab some Grand books idea. and talk what we're reading. Yeah, let's hit it. Flash games. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was trying oh, to do a transition. I couldn't Flash. fucking. Oh. Couldn't, like couldn't beat the master. We're back. We're talking video games. We're talking books. We're talking whatcha on A Special Normies Like Us, episode 130. Now, we were talking robots earlier. We are talking about the vision. 
I'm going to throw it over to a different robot. Jacob, you've been playing some robots that maybe we'll do an episode on in the future, but kind of the biggest video game release, obviously, it's Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, biggest, most disappointing, you know. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, biggest I played, you know... I, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting rollout. Um, I played about sixty hours of Cyberpunk. I uh, got it wow around Christmas, and um, I was very I I got really what, into what it. What platform? Because I think that might. Oh yeah, I got it on PC. Okay. I've got a super. So you're having super good a better PC. experience than the average PS4 Xbox Somewhat. One consumer. Well, but that being said, Jacob's T posing at us right PS4, now. But, anymore, uh, yes. Yeah, anymore. So I got it in January. I got really... It's one of those games where I got really into it for a couple of days and then kind of lost interest and haven't played it since. So um, I'll say it was a good, not great game, um, but uh, it was good for what it was, but it was, I would say, extremely disappointing based on what they kind of promised or what it could have been compared to what we got. It was one of the most disappointing games of all time. Yeah, and um, just like... A day ago, the YouTuber Crobycat, or Crobcat, however you pronounce it, he does these videos where he'll take just sound bites from interviews and then juxtapose them with the actual gameplay footage. So famously, he did one with Bethesda and Todd Howard with Fallout 76. It just works, and he's showing everything glitching out. He did a 40-minute cyberpunk video, and it like it clearly highlights the promises that were made and what the totally. was delivered to consumers. And it, it is baffling that this... Uh, like millions of pre-orders and it just completely is almost broken and not only that they lied about yeah. how much your decisions affect the story etc as as someone who has not tracked down a ps5 yet do you think the game will be viable to play on a ps5 when i get one in like a, a yeah. year or six years or whenever they're <laughs> available um ps5 yeah i think the thing is um it's exactly what mike is saying like you know, we've seen this rollout, you know, we've seen it many times before, Fallout 76, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, uh, No Man's Sky. We've seen this many times before, but this one, and a lot of times you can you can fix them over time. You can patch out the bugs and that kind of thing. This one, the problem is, I think the problem goes deeper than just the bugs and the glitches, and it's actually the, the core of the game is broken. Um, the city, Night City, looks amazing, and it's super detailed. You can go down like any alley and just see all this great detail and stuff. But then after walking around a while, you realize like the NPCs have less depth than The Witcher 3 that came out in 2015 or Grand Theft Auto 5, which also came out in 2015. And it's like it's a massive step down from The Witcher 3, I think, in terms of depth. Yeah, it seems that I haven't played it, but I've been looking at a lot of the gameplay footage and reviews. And like the Crobcat video is like comparing the AI behavior to like san andreas and like old gta games and the ai yeah. behavior is more sophisticated in those games that are over 10 years old so it really seems yeah. like they just try to make it too big it's, and they just didn't they, have enough time they promised too much they 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 shot too high and it really doesn't live up you know a lot of stuff that they promise is not in the game a lot of the decision making is not even as as in depth as Witcher Three again, which is the same company, and it's just a huge step down. Ninety percent of the NPCs that are walking around the city, all they do is just walk around. They, you know, they don't do anything. They don't really interact with you. They promise they had like a day and night job life cycle, and they just walk in a loop in the train station. Yeah, yeah. 
That's their That's life cycle. It's just walking. <laughs> but can I ask you guys a development question? Uh, and I don't know if we know the answer to this, but when something is like that, and like you guys say, that there's so much groundwork from other video games and stuff, you're, you, you have to build that all up yourself. You cannot take that source code and build up what people do around it, inject your story around it or whatever. I'm not sure what engine they were running on. Obviously, I don't think they're going to purchase the GTA 5 engine and build Cyberpunk on top okay. of it. They are probably using a version of the Witcher engine that they had to make more robust. But I don't know for sure. Yeah. But it does seem like they just tried to go... They bit off more than they could chew. Like They tried to make the most sophisticated open-world game ever, and they ran out of time. And instead of being transparent with, you know what, it sucks that we're delaying it. We should probably delay it at least another year. They just released it yeah. while promising that it was finished, and that's really the big sin. Not even that it has bugs, but yeah. the fact that they they wouldn't even let people show in their reviews footage that they didn't provide. So you couldn't show your own gameplay footage in a review. So it's really misleading consumers. That's where the big controversy 100%. comes from. And I think uh, I don't blame the de- developers at all. Like the people that make the game, like they're trying their best. They get overworked and everything. I blame the money people. You know mm-hmm. the 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 CEOs and stuff and in the marketing because they did promise this, you know, expectations were sky high because that's what they were promising. They delayed it several times and it should have been delayed much longer, not only to fix all the bugs, which can get fixed over time, but like the core gameplay is just broken and it's, it's a huge problem. We saw marketing changes, Jacob, where like literally I watched that video Mike provided where it would be like, old time they would say it's an rpg it's an rpg it's an rpg Mm -hmm. years would pass and they've kind of settled now on it's an adventure game sort of more honing in on well you're not really doing your own story and stuff you're kind of following the rails we provided now jacob you did the fallout bethesda kind of episode that we did in the past here normies go back and listen it's a style of game you love and I just yeah. want to ask something like that. What it's called, like the Outlands or something. You know, there was kind of like one of these offshoot game. What was that called? The, the Outer Limits. Yes, thank you. That's a very how does that game. stack up? Because I remember you um, saying that's small, but it seemed like you just had more of a developed, more interesting time. And again, I look at something like that where it's like that came and went. They didn't spend thirty years on it like Cyberpunk. How did that right. nail it better? That had a much more, that's a shorter story, much more limited scope, and I think it succeeds within, like, its confines. Uh, Cyberpunk just tried to be too much, and... um, It's just all bloat, you're saying. Okay. Yeah, and the story is good. Like, it starts out really strong, I think, but then, like, towards the middle, I kind of lost interest, and it wasn't enough to get me to keep going. And even stuff like, you know, the relationship stuff where you can choose you know who you want to be in a relationship except you really can't because there's four relationship characters two and each one of them is like strictly based on what gender they are and what gender you are so if you're a male you can get with one male or one female if you're a female you can get with one male or one female but that like like there's a character named judy that's like the first relationship character you can meet you can only get with judy if you're a female character because she's into women um, so it actually, you only have two choices based on the gender you pick, and then you're picking based on gender. So if you want, if you're a a male and you want to get with a female, you have one option. Is what I'm saying, basically. Jeez. So it's it's another thing like that. Like even The Witcher, you could, you know, the big choice is Yennefer or Triss, and like that's interesting because they both have these, you know, relationships to to Geralt, and you get to know them over time, and like you can make a decision based on this. This is just like, oh, if you're a straight 
you know, if you're straight and you, you want to get with another straight character, you get with this character. If, you, if your character's gay, you, you get only with this get character. one choice, right? Yeah. And so if you don't like the the one option, then you're screwed. Right. And and this kind of issue has led you to go back to The Witcher Three, right? Is that how I understand it? Well, wow. uh, yeah. I started I back in November. I got really into. I got on a big Witcher kick. Mm-hmm. I rewatched the Netflix uh, show. Uh, and loved it the second time because it made a lot more sense because I could understand what was going on. <laughs> Timeline. Um, I I replayed the game from the beginning and just finished the main storyline uh, like a few days ago, maybe a week ago. Um, I play a lot of these open world RPGs uh, like that, like The Witcher, Fallout, those kind of games. And um, Cyberpunk, it, it follows a lot of the same tropes that you've seen. You know, you go to bandit camps or, or whatever they're called, you know, sci-fi or fantasy, you clear out different check marks on the map. Um, you've seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing with cyberpunk that I want to complain about real quick is the difficulty level. I played on hard difficulty, not the hardest, but the, you know, just hard. It was so combat is so insanely easy by, you know, once you're like maybe eight hours into the game, um, that I never once had a challenge basically in combat wow. after that because, was, for instance, there's these certain guns that can shoot through pretty much any kind of cover. So, and it kind of is fun to be like a super overpowered like techno assassin for a little bit where you, you have your computer hacking so you can go in, you hack all the cameras, um, highlight everyone so you know where everyone is, and then you go in with your insanely powered sniper rifle and just shoot through everything and kill everyone super easily. Um that is fun for a bit, but then you realize like you can just stomp your way through this game without ever dying. And it's like, it's, there's no challenge. You know what I mean? So I think the combat though is fun for a certain amount. Like it's very fallout. Like the gunplay is pretty good. Um, the story is not terrible. So I'd say it's, 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 a good but not great game, just disappointing with It's just not sounding like it's salvageable, though, to what you're saying. I, I really worry by the time any of us get our hands on it, it just might be pointless. Yeah, I wouldn't reckon... I mean, if you're someone who doesn't buy that many games, you really save up to buy the few that you really care about for the full $60 price or whatever, I would not suggest paying $60 for this. Wait until, you know, maybe a year or two down the line when it's on sale and get it then, but... um it's just to it's just, unfortunately it's just another forgettable like Ubisoft type open world RPG and it doesn't do enough to stick out even the setting even though the setting is great Keanu Reeves is great as a character but man very disappointing so let's go ahead and own up to it then uh, very famously on this podcast I think a year ago I was saying Detective Pikachu going to be the biggest movie ever made it's going to be bigger than Avengers Endgame uh, all that bullshit I think all of us at a certain point were like, Cyberpunk's going to be the biggest video game ever. And that is the hype engine that they unleashed on us. But I think for a long time, we we all really did genuinely believe that. And now it's just come and gone. Oh, I well, believed I thought... that up until a couple minutes ago, unfortunately. <laughs> like, I was really on team like, well, I'm sure by the time I actually get to play it, all the bugs are going to be fixed and I'm going to yeah. have a great time. And Jacob's like, nah, dog, even then it, it ain't that great. And well, I don't want to be too down on it because I think you could still have fun with it. Like I got really addicted for a couple of days where I just played it for like six hours a day or something because it, it is really fun. Once you, But once you've done everything and you've seen everything – I didn't feel the need to finish the story. I got maybe to the second, like maybe partway through the second act or the mid game or whatever, but um, I just didn't care enough about the story to keep going. 
Um, and you know that happens from time to time. But the store, the, you know, what The Witcher, what Cyberpunk uh, CD Projekt Red is really known for with like The Witcher is like good storytelling. Like the combat is not amazing in The Witcher either, but it's serviceable, and the story and the writing really holds it together in the characters. This one, it's not so much. It's just another kind of generic open world game. Um, and it's really unfortunate, but if you love the aesthetic of it, I would still get it just to walk around in the city um, because that's really cool. But yeah, Damn. It's, it's just a shame. Rip to the cyberpunk. I mean, there's core code issues. I mean, it supposedly runs on a PS5 fine as is. Maybe it'd be all right, but it's still going to be oh, and hard one to other find thing one of those. Too. Yeah, I played it on a high-end gaming PC and I still had a ton of bugs and you know, minor ones frame rate drops a lot and then even major ones to the point where I'd have to reload saves because things things would get so broken during like important story beats like weird things would happen and I'd have to reload a save like it really is as bad as people are saying even on a high-end gaming PC like I have so um, the driving in this game is handles terribly much worse than like Grand Theft Auto even uh, if you know compared to Red Dead Redemption 2 there's no comparison that game's insanely more deeper and like a much better RPG where you have these still live. Yeah. Um, and even the Witcher, like again, came out five years ago, but the world feels much more alive because NPCs just aren't just walking around, you know, randomly. Like they're actually getting those steps in CD project refund really pulled one over on us. Didn't they? (laughs) Shame. And one more thing I want to add about the famous genital options and the unveiling, (laughs) Ah, unveiling of the, the uh, new penis two, right? It's the brand, yeah, the two point um, the new, the new one that everyone's going crazy for. Right. Again, w- totally pointless because in the game you literally are never in a situation where you actually see like the genitals you picked or anything. Like they don't like even in, like <laughs> sex scenes, so to speak. Like you don't see anything. So it's like, why is that even an option? And why do they like animate yeah, that edgy. into the character? Why spend so much yeah. time if it has no bearing on gameplay or anything right. down the line? Look, you it 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 helps your role play. You need to know what it's like. Just I'm like you small. need to know the size of your wand. <laughs> you need to know whether it's yeah. quite bendy or unyielding. Yes, unyielding. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So it's yeah, and. Like I said, the combat, super easy. And even with melee, like I think melee would make it even easier. I got the Mandus blades at some point, which are very cool looking. Like they're blades that come out of your arms, cybernetic enhancements. But they break the game because you just run up and just slash everyone to death. And if they're at a level even close to you, you'll just destroy them like it's nothing. And you get so many healing things, you're just sucking down healing and like you never die. So Sucking down them healing. Yep, yep. Wait until it's 50% off or something in a year and a half and get it then. Yeah, I would not pay full price. Do you think it'll take a year and a half to get to that? Yeah, I mean, it just seems like seems like you'll be able to get this game for like 20 bucks in six months. Yeah, maybe. Like, I would wait for a Steam sale or something if you want to play it on PC or... I mean, if you're going to get it on... If you're going to wait for a PS5, then it'll probably be full price for a while because they want to get those sales, right? You just got to go to the dumpster behind a GameStop. I'm sure there'll be one floating around in there. Yeah. It's yeah. this in the Avengers game, Joe, where we're both like, hey, those are things that I like. I would love to play a video game like that. And they come out and people are like, it's the worst thing that's ever been made. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> but I haven't even gotten to try it yet. <laughs> I, guess I'll, I guess I won't have nice things. Yeah, I don't want to no, be too Fuck down. it, I'll still try both those things. Yeah, I don't want to be too down on it. You know, because yeah. I do think it's, it's fun. And the things that it does, it does well enough that like it held my attention. 
So if you like those kind of games, I would still recommend playing it, but don't expect like a, a game changer, you know? All right, so would you rather play two and a half more hours of Cyberpunk or watch Wonder Woman 1988? <laughs> play oh, it man. while you're watching it. <laughs> yeah, which, Ultimate punishment. What's worse? Um, I would say I'd play more Cyberpunk, and I might pick it back up again to finish the story. Um, wow. But it's just a shame because I love the setting. I love the you know, the story. And I got really into cyberpunk stuff. I started trying to find some cyberpunk movies and stuff to watch. But, uh, Jacob, did you realize two days ago is the date of Johnny mnemonic July, uh, what is it? 15th, 2021. Yeah, I did notice that. I (laughs) watched Johnny mnemonic also starring Keanu Reeves. And it's about, um, you know, having holding data in your brain, which is literally what this game is about too. But um, it's really funny, too. The the oversized amount that he's holding is, like, 500 megabytes. He's like, got to get these – I have 500 megabytes in my brain. <laughs> it's like you can tell it was made a long time ago. Yeah, with 500 megabytes was ever. inconceivable. Oh, yeah. geez. Well, the biggest tragedy, too, is the fact that a lot of people respected CD Projekt Red for delivering The Witcher and generally providing a good uh, customer experience with their products. And now they've just become one of – Numerous companies like EA and Ubisoft who either are protecting abusers, abuse their employees, give CEOs raises while laying off employees, or lie to the consumers and cause crunch. They're just another one of the big wow. players not doing it right. Yeah. Well, that's the real like Shakespearean drama of it all because for years, CD Projekt Red was held up as like, they're the way one of the good things ones. should be done. Yeah, like they're one of the good ones. They're, they do things the way it should be done. And so that's why kind of people maybe didn't expect this because they're like, well, CD Projekt Red would never do something like that. They're not EA or Activision or these other big companies, but they did it. Turns it. out they are, and it's it's the people in charge that make the decisions. So I don't, again, I don't blame the people that actually make the game. I think they're very talented and they shouldn't be overworked. So well, they're they're going yeah. through class action lawsuits right now, and the stock dropped like sixty percent wow. or something. So oh, ever sure. since this happened, CD Projekt Red is. They're getting punished for it, for sure. Um, it's, it's, it's a story so. of hubris, which will be told for years to come. But well, I've never my seen... video game about CD Projekt Red, where you play as a crunch time developer. Well, it's a roller coaster right, ride. It seen... starts at the top of the stock price, and then you ride it all the way to the bottom. <laughs> I mean, have you guys ever seen a P- the PlayStation Store refund a game like that? I haven't. No. They so delisted that's, it. That's a first for me. Yeah. Flat out. So it's, it's wild. Um yeah, in light of not having a PS5, I just went and played the original Doom, like 1995, and that was great. Damn. It worked, it wasn't buggy, and I had a good time, so that's uh, all you have to do there. Good for you, Mike. little retro gaming. Yeah, Joe, how about you, though? Are you playing anything, man? Um, yeah, so you know you know how all I like to do is play that uh, Tetris game that's like uh, <laughs> Fortnite meets Tetris, the, and it's on just, the Switch? No, let me <laughs> yell about this real quick. Joe is my only other Switch buddy, and all he plays are the mobile games on it. So, yeah. yes, go, go ahead. I only play, go the, I only play the free games. Um, Mario, 35, it's his birthday or whatever. Hey. They got this game that's like... Happy birthday, Mario. It's like Fortnite or whatever, and you just speed run Mario levels. Um, I like it. And there's 35 people in it, and then as they die, they get eliminated. 
And the goal is to be the last person still running Mario uh, uh, levels. Like Fall Guys or something with Mario. That's yes, cool. It's like Fall Guys. Yeah, sure. Have you won it? Uh, I, That's- oh, I win it. I win it all the time. Damn. I play this game. It's like one of the only games I play. Um, That's awesome. And then I've been playing a lot of Madden because, you know, we're coming to the end of the football season and I don't yeah. have a PS5. I have Madden 2019 on my PS4. I've been playing that. I'm sure it's not much different um, than 2021. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> I guess my, my big question, the thing I'm concerned about, I really want to play that Jedi Order game, and I keep mm-hmm. waiting for it to be included in that PlayStation service I pay for every month that I'm like, I don't know why I keep paying for that, where, you know, there's like a library of games you can play. Um, and like for a while, it was great. I was playing things like uh, Days Gone and all the Arkham games and, and uh, cool stuff like that. And I thought, oh, Jedi Order is going to be there soon. I checked the other day. There's like fucking nothing in there. There's like PS2 games. Oh, I could geez. play Bloodborne if I wanted, but like I really won't Surely, play that Jedi Order game. Fallen Order, yeah, I still haven't uh, played that either. It does look Fallen like a lot Order, of fun. That game is very Souls-like. Um, yeah. But speaking of Souls, uh, actually, Mike and I uh, we played a little bit of Souls, didn't we? Dark Souls Three. Yeah, oh, wow. we we started a co-op campaign because we were all like. It was on sale, you know, so we got Dark Souls 3, and then Jacob has never beaten it, so me and another yeah, friend was, are trying to carry him through the game. Yes, um, I was uh, coming in it as a, as a total newbie. I, did, I mean, I played Bloodborne, but I really had no, not much experience with the, the Dark Souls kind of combat. And so um, it's basically Mike and, his other, and our other friend um, basically uh, dealing with me as I just get ang- consecutively angrier, like, as, every time I die, more <laughs> of course. frustrated. We're just trying to keep him from giving up right we're motivating because uh in order to get to the co-op he had to beat the first boss by himself and it is a really hard yeah. first boss but we almost didn't even get to the co-op portion because i almost rage quit almost but rage it turns quit. out i had a different i had the wrong build and once i got the right build i was able to beat him yeah so we'll oh, be playing that more maybe i'll we'll stream it the other co-op game we played this is bringing in my uh the bingo of Knight's Tale is we played ODST with the boys, with Adam, friend of the show, and uh, that has Alan Tudyk and the whole Firefly cast right. voicing characters. Yeah, it's so. Nathan Fillion, yep. Adam Baldwin, and Alan Tudyk from Firefly. And it's a much better future noir sim than cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oddly enough, right. yeah. And, uh, yeah, um, I'm still playing Star Wars Squadrons, too, and, and you know, that's... Yeah. That's forever. I'll shout out one other game I, I've played a little bit of recently is Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is no. Another, How do you like it? Uh, yeah, it's like it's almost like a Witcher light because it it goes again into that open world RPG system where you go around, clear out bandit camps, do different fetch quests for people, um, and it's a kind of a change from the the Assassin's Creed formula, which are. I mean, they're always like open world, but usually more of a straightforward linear totally. thing. Whereas the last couple have been this this. Ubisoft open world style. Um, it's all right. Like it holds my attention. I think it might be better than Cyberpunk at least. So, wow. Uh, if you like those Jacob, that games, was uh, an early quarantiner for me. I had gotten a pack of those last Christmas. You know, the the Egyptian one before it, the Roman one as right. well. I loved Odyssey. I thought it was great. I would love to play that Valhalla, the Val- the uh, the Viking. Yeah, the new one, one is too. Valhalla, yeah. uh, which is interesting to me because it's it's about the Vikings invading England, which is the same thing that the Last Kingdom that show is about. Yes, your show, favorite. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, the the Greek history was cool in Odyssey as well. Um, 
if you if you like history tied into your video games, and then you know occasionally you go to the modern well, day stuff, which I don't understand at all. Yeah, but but, okay. but Jacob, I like the true history of it. I like that they talk about Atlantis. I like that they talk about the Egyptian gods who mm-hmm. all exist yeah. and that I still worship. Yeah, Cyclops and the Minotaur, all real. <laughs> yeah, that you, so cool. you lost me at history, and you got me back with Atlantis. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, but also, yeah. play as the woman though, because she the better voice actor. You can choose the woman or the man. Um, I always choose the woman, siblings. dog. <laughs> I thought her voice actor does a better job, so I picked her. Nice, nice, Colin. How about you? You've been playing anything uh, during this? Stretch? No, I'm not playing too much. Um, I kind of ran out of games. I got to see Jacob for some football and for some birthdays the other day, so I borrowed his PlayStation games. Mike, I borrowed your Bloodborne that Jacob didn't realize he still right. had, so oh, I'm right, kind yeah. of playing that again where literally it's my third time where, Joe, I had played it on that video game service thing. I had borrowed a different copy. I'm borrowing this copy now. None of the saves ever save over. This is my third time playing the exact same part over and over. And Jacob, I'm with you on the soul's frustration. Like you feel like you are right. losing your mind or you are trapped. I, but I actually hate that, that first level of Bloodborne is like really good. Actually, like the city where you're, uh, I think that's a good introduction. It's to how fine. The game plays. It's just it's it's so repetitive. It's so repetitive. Well, we have to it's imagine Sisyphus is happy and pushing the boulder repeatedly. That's the only. <laughs> that's Camus. That's the only way we can survive right. in the meaninglessness of. Uh, it's beautiful, Mike. Mike. Thank you. Um, here's the last question about video games, then. We did get some news about the Star Wars license no longer being exclusive yes. to EA. Huge. Finally, Ooh. some other people are going to get a crack. Uh, unfortunately, one of the first people to announce was Ubisoft. Bad yeah. We should say EA has been doing a good job with their re- last well, couple Squadrons of Star Wars was great releases. and Fallen Order was great, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Yes. And even Battles Battlefront 2 is a major cleanup. Yeah, they fixed it a lot. Like, they added a yeah. bunch of stuff to it. I never played it, but it... But I played because a the lice- shit ton of that right after I finished The Mandalorian. Um, I guess I should have mentioned that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I they they fixed it 100%. Like, it's it's great. So We won't Squadrons- get another Battlefront, though, if, if they've traded the license. That's it, probably. They're still patching stuff into this one. I mean, you can mm. you can have raise yellow saber and oh wow, add huh. new maps and stuff. So nice, yeah. I mean, it, I, that yeah. it's one of those stories where the a troubled launch eventually gets fixed. No Man's Sky did the same thing, so maybe there's hope yeah. for Cyberpunk. But yeah, Battlefront uh, troubled but did well. Squadrons, no one expected it to be that good, and it as a steal at forty dollars and it's twenty dollars in a lot of places now. And Fallen Order is a no microtransactions, single-player experience. Everyone thought EA forgot what those words meant. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really want to play that. Yeah, me too. Mike, can I ask, so the first thing they promised is for Ubisoft, open-world Star Wars game. And you hear that a lot. Jacob kind of said, even the Fallen Order one, although they promised that, it's really kind of more of like a Metroidvania, right? Where you're yeah. kind of gated you off puzzle, a little bit. You got the platforming, puzzling fighting that's kind of their well what this reminds me of is mass effect did ubisoft mm. do that series or no no Who that was, was bioware, BioWare. BioWare mass effect thank you. uh okay. is i actually played a little mass effect 2 recently and i like that mm. because yeah it's a linear story but you can kind of choose what order you do your missions but but the levels are more linear um so that's kind of a and kind of open world. right yeah yeah and bioware did knights of the old republic right 
Oh, yeah, yes. okay. So, yeah, they also okay. did like Dragon Age and a lot of. So they're they're good at that style of um, RPG. Yeah, make it Kotor then. Dude. But I don't think in any way I would never assume that Ubisoft would lazily slap some Star Wars paint on the Ass Creed engine. I don't. I don't think they no. would ever just <laughs> try Assassin's to do that. Creed never. Tatooine next. You're gonna dive off a building and use your Jedi power to land in some hay. Yeah, you know right. what? I'm actually pretty happy then, Jacob. Those op- those Ubisoft. Um, Assassin's Creed games, those are kind of my type of games. Kind of like the Far Cries, where it's like, here's the right. dumb sandbox, the just causes. You know, just just play away. If they exactly. give me a Star Wars that's like Odyssey, fucking thumbs up, dude. Yeah, well, Colin, I gotta say, if you liked Odyssey, you should play The Witcher 3. If you I will never that. play The Witcher 3. It's <laughs> been that's two years similar. of recommendations. Yeah. I will never play The Witcher but, 3. Uh, should, this should play one of the best it just feels too old. No, it's never, not never. at all. It's not at all. It looks, still looks great. It's, no, it's, dated. it's a perfect game. It's a perfect. I've, never. Thought, of, I've thought about it too. I'm never going to do it. I played a couple <laughs> hours. I'm never going to play more. Uh, you know what I'm <laughs> excited for more than anything? Machine games, maker of the Wolfenstein games. I have another game coming where you're going to oh kill God, a bunch of Nazis. Joe. An Indiana Jones game on a next gen yeah. console. Oh Let's fucking go. That was a I am big so excited, ma'am. So excited. I would have taken a remaster of Emperor's Tomb or, or uh, The Infernal Machine, getting a whole new game, yeah. and from Machine Games, I, I I couldn't be any more excited. I cannot wait to play that. Yeah, no, that nice. is a, I did not expect, like, Indiana Jones isn't a property you'd think it's going to be brought back, but then, like you said, no. Machine Games, they know how to deal with taking out Nazis. It's perfect. It was the day before the Star Wars announcement, too. It was like... Uh, you know, right when I had like settled into, you know, I'll get a PS5 when I get a PS5. It's fine. Indiana Jones game the next day. Open world Star Wars games. Like, okay, I got Lucas Films Games, a new yeah. company. Yeah, immediately turns it around, Joe, and just makes everything like, well, I'm gonna buy whatever they make. I wish yeah. I would have called it yeah. Lucas Arts, though. I mean. Yeah, if only there was an existing not Lucas Films Games, the best Lucas name Films, of all time. Lucas Films Games Publishing. <laughs> they should make a um, Indiana Jones game that really focuses on like the ar- the archaeology side of things. I would want to play that, where you're just going and looking for artifacts and like going through different pyramid traps and stuff. I think that would be really fun. I just need the line "It belongs in a museum" as every dialogue option. <laughs> you know. Well, let's say Joe, you're a huge fan of those Nathan Drake uh, video games, the Uncharted series, Uncharted, which yes. movies Nathan coming Fillion. out soon. Maybe we'll do an Uncharted uh, episode, Normies. But you know, there hasn't been an Indiana Jones video game since those have been around. Think about no. the DNA; it's no. all going to merge together so perfectly for you. I think. Hopefully. Oh yeah, man! I can't wait. Like. Those, I mean, the the Uncharted series are some of my favorite games. And before that, some of my favorite games were the the PS2 Emperor's Tomb Indiana Jones game had, like, broken physics, like the Minority Report game, but was so fucking fun. (laughs) Oh, what a reference. had a bunch of, like, puzzles and shit to solve, too. Absolutely adored it. I would have, for real, I would have taken a remaster of that and been so happy. In fact, we're getting a new game from a company that I know I like. I'm so excited. Yeah, That's no, awesome. that should be that really good. Awesome. Well, we'll see. Twenty, maybe twenty twenty one won't be that bad. We're also supposed to get Ooh. Elden Ring at some point. There's starting to be leaks of concept art. I'm staying away from it, but there's a lot of right. uh, big stuff supposed to come out this year, so it'll be interesting yeah. to keep an eye on. And we even have you know it's Demon Souls, which you still haven't played yet um, well, on the PS five. Not oh, this one, Mike. yeah. <laughs> um, right, but uh, I was looking at some some video of of like 
someone playing Demon Souls, and I was just like, man, the the fucking backgrounds and like the locations of that game are so good. Like you don't realize how good these PS5 games looks until you like see them like in high def quality and stuff. It's just like, yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, PS4 already has like great graphics and stuff. What more can they do to make them better? But then when you see something like Demon Souls, and it's like. Damn, that looks amazing. Oh, I'm staring at a painting or a picture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pretty incredible looking, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, no PS5 for me yet. Uh, update. Boo. No luck. <laughs> yeah, update. Still ain't got no PS5. I'm competing against Joe now. It's it's cutthroat out there in the uh. PS5 getting world. <laughs> but yeah. Um, cool. All right, I say we throw it over to the wrap-up then. We kind of ta- stop talking what we're consuming. Let's talk about what's coming up next on Normies Like Us. We're back on Normies Like Us. Very special episode. We just turned 130. Happy birthday to us here on our 130th episode of Normies Like Us, where we always love you guys telling us what to talk about. We've obviously done our own topics. We just wrapped up our big Harry Vember, Potter, Sember, fantastic Januaries and beasts to ride them. <laughs> and uh, one we'll ring say. to rule them all. Yeah. And, we'll <laughs> and in the darkness, bind them. And Knuckles. And my um, axe. And my axe. Uh, Twenty seventy seven. You know, a little looser, like we said. There, it's a, it's another weird year of weird releases. So we're gonna keep bringing you the niche and the normie and talking about what's in the pop culture. We'll probably do some special episodes again of just our stuff that we want to talk about. Maybe some more legends where we're talking about some figures as well. But uh, know, let's wrap it up here real quick. Um, I loved everything we talked about today. I learned a lot of stuff. I'm probably not going to check out Cyberpunk. I'll probably try to watch Wonder Woman again before it gets taken off HBO, no. which I don't really understand <laughs> that they have this weird model where stuff goes on and stuff comes off. That's okay. Like we said, it's a weird new world. I'm excited for the future, baby. Yeah. Um, again, I'm intrigued about certain things with Cyberpunk. Just maybe the speed running will be interesting because it's broken and you can just fall through the floor to the end of the game. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. That's pretty int- <laughs> sure. int- interesting to me. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a good year, you know, and maybe March Madness will come back. That was a lot of fun last year where we each pick a topic. I mean, we're definitely going to have enough to talk about because I don't think um, we will ever run out of nerdy things to discuss amongst ourselves. And I appreciate <laughs> sticking it out for 130. And uh, wow, we'll, we'll see what the future holds. And thanks for sticking with us and write in if you have any uh, suggestions or anything you want to talk about. For sure. Um, yeah, I agree. Uh, I think there's definitely like, I could talk more about cyberpunk. I could, uh, you know, I would be, I would love to go more in depth with wonder woman and really hash it out. But, um, so maybe those could be future episodes, but, uh, uh, definitely I didn't. And again, I don't want to be too down on cyberpunk cause I still think it, it was enjoyable while I was playing it. So, um, definitely check that out. If you want to normies, uh, watch the expanse, watch wonder woman or don't. Wow. Um, but <laughs> You know, happy 2021. It's a new year. Yay. And uh, love you all. Thanks, Normies. 
Uh, one last recommendation before we get out of here. Yeah, by the way, I love you too, Jacob. Um, <laughs> Thank you. The, the Last Ronin is a comic book I have been reading. The Last Ronin is a gritty uh, sci-fi story about one Ronin who's out to avenge the death of his brothers against the grandson of his enemy. Uh, it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic. You got to check it out. It's the best. The Last Ronin. Is it Frank Miller, All Joe? Right. No, it's it's uh, Eastman. I mean, it is oh, it the original is. Wow, team. Wow, it wow. is. You're not kidding. Yeah. So this is a you know a, a gritty uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles story. It's more in line with the original comic books, and you're following one of the turtles who you won't know who it is until Damn. you finish the first issue. Oh, I'll know from <laughs> the color of his again. bandana. I'll know. That's not in the comics. <laughs> hey, I, I know which uh, one you are, but not if he takes it off, Jacob. Ooh. You racist. <laughs> He's wearing a black bandana. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. Setup. What a setup. And he's carrying all four of their weapons, and he's riding a motorcycle what? at one point. I'm telling you, man, this, this only the first issue is out so far. And there's a um, blind Casey Jones. <laughs> with uh, a baseball Casey Jones has like hand. a daughter in there somewhere. Of I mean, course. it definitely seems Please like they're me setting up some crazy Casey. stuff. Uh, of I think course. so. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there, there's a ton of variant covers as well from like a bunch of different artists. You can pick them up on obviously eBay, obviously support your local comic book shops. Most of them are doing curbside pickups. So go ahead and check out the last Ronin. If you want to have a, a gritty reboot of your childhood. Awesome. Oh, man. Great recommendation. That sounds incredible. <laughs> I, I'm more excited about that than maybe anything we've talked about. <laughs> me too. That really like got me going. Turtles. And there was a long time. I think when... I pitched it really well by, by <laughs> you know, doing the setup and then being like, by the way, it's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic. Right. Because that's how it feels reading it. Yeah. And I, I do like the old ones, too, where you have uh, Casey Jones literally like almost killing people and Raphael having to say, hey, man, maybe dial it back a bit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> take a chill pill, dog. And Casey Jones when he's like been the in Punisher. there didn't have the rights. Correct. And then they kind of got it back. Yeah, now they got it back. It's uh, it's been a long and wacky journey. Um, there's a great the the toys that made us uh, on Netflix. Their episode on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yes. is like fucking heartbreaking and beautiful at the same time. It's just oh, a story yeah. about two best friends who created something bigger than them. Started um, by passing a drawing to make each other laugh back and forth, and all the them. ups and downs. Yeah, amazing episode. Definitely check that out, Normies. Awesome. All right, that's a great right. recommendation, Joe. I love it. <laughs> I love it. As always, like we said, write in, check it out, at normies underscore like underscore us on all social media. Let us know. We've been your hosts. This is Colin. Cyber Mike 2077. Uh, <laughs> Joe Beyond. The last Jonan. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this is uh, Jacob New Year. Um, Happy New go. Year, normies. We love you. Happy New Year. We love you. Happy New Year. Pew, 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 Bye. pew. Oh, hell yeah. This is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.